Let me give a shout out to one of our conference sponsors, MTS. If you're a pastor who wants to train more gospel workers, MTS apprenticeships are a great first step. But how can you get ministry apprenticeships happening in your church? MTS runs six steps to ministry apprenticeships, training regularly in Zoom webinars so that you, your team and your church's administrative leaders can understand how MTS works and why it's a worthwhile investment. Visit mts.com.au forward slash six steps now to sign up for a webinar in May or November. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel centre ministry every week. Uh, I've got two of my mates here uh, talking with us. And so, Tom, I reckon that's a time to sort of cue background music, the Friends sitcom music that we all know and love. Uh, I'll be there for you. That's sort of ringing my ears as I think about this topic. Now, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to Reach Australia. Reach Australia has a vision to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches all across Australia. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, Friends. We surveyed our church planners and a number of church leaders that were part of the Reach Australia development program. And we asked a whole bunch of questions. And one of the questions that we pushed into is leaders' health. And we wanted to think particularly about their relational health. So uh, I've asked Mike Sams, uh, one of the Reach Australia consultants, and Peter Blanche, who's the Director of Church Development at Reach Australia, to come in and talk about uh, ministry life, friends, uh, and all the above. So welcome to the podcast, Mike. Welcome to the podcast, Pete. Thanks, Thanks Scott. Scott. I guess I just want to open up and say the picture that I display in there of church life being busy, uh, not having enough time to spend with mates and develop good, solid friendships. Is that your reality? Very, very often it is, Scott. It's very, it's, ministry is so complex and so, so fast-paced at times that investing in close friends is not always the most urgent thing on your mind and it's easily neglected, but to our detriment, I believe. Now, it's interesting. I'm talking to two guys who both are one of four uh, boys in the family. Uh, so you've, you, in some ways, do you really need friends? You've got three brothers who you can catch up with regularly and chew the fat. You could argue that you especially need friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think uh, Peter's saying there that we can leave it to our detriment is thinking if we rethink about friends is that how do we think about friends in church and think about how what church is for and how we re- uh, relate to people and then how, do, how are we sustained and not lonely because like even though we're around people all the time we can get quite lonely in ministry and i think that's something that many pastors um, face so mike you've just raised one of the sort of i guess challenges uh you're you're there leading people uh, as the church pastor you're there to pastorally care for people as well uh you know do you develop deep friendships with people in, in your church family uh you know or do you seek to have deep relationships outside of the church your church family is there is there a dichotomy there you know, is that should that be a wrestle for a pastor? Uh, it can be a wrestle, but I think when we think about church, is we, when we think about what we're doing, is that we're we're together in Christ, doing life together, and so there's a re- deep relational aspect to it. So if we don't see people in that uh, uh, relational uh, friendship kind of way, maybe we're maybe we're losing something of the, of of how we should be uh, relating in church, and I think. 
the the key thing to wrestle with is what is the dynamics and that friendships aren't just you're a friend or you're not. And then in a, in a church life as a pastor, there's your role is different to the people that you're relating to. And so that has an impact on how deep you can have friendships with some people. Uh, and it also means that over time, those friendships uh, could lessen as church life changes, uh, particularly if you grow into different sizes. Yeah, so that's really helpful. You've, you've raised a sort of relational dynamic that's happening there. You're in leadership often over people uh, so you need to be aware of that as a leader. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. And I think you can you can have uh, um, really healthy friendships uh, with be- people in your church when you understand also that uh, the, you're you're leading them, and and as 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 a leader and as their pastor, um, having a healthy way of being able to uh, talk to them about life and and when there's times to say the hard thing that you can do that. But that also therefore means it's not as easy to have a friendship with some someone outside of church where, um, well, if you've got a good, healthy friendship, you may talk to them in a hard, in a hard way. You're not their pastor. Uh, and, and that dynamic is different. Um, and it does mean that you can um, uh, sometimes, if all your friendships are invested in church, uh, that, that there could be times when you, you don't really have anyone to talk to depending upon what's happening. Yeah, in this space, Scott, I, I, it's interesting that I think uh, for a pastor to, or a ministry leader to have friends in church, church is, I think, a necessity. Yeah. And it's partly borne out by the nature of the leadership you bring. Mm. So we, know, uh, we never want to have friendships where all I'm investing in is for them to serve me. Like That's a very toxic way of viewing friendships. Uh, the reality is uh, for pastors, for ministry leaders, uh, you 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 do your leadership to serve others, and that's actually the, what how friendships should be framed. Friendships are I don't enter into that relationship with a view for what I can get from you. I'm actually driven by how can I serve you, and I think that that is that's healthy friendship when you are serving a friend, and a friend's attitude towards you is that they 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 want to serve you, and that reciprocation, and I think in ministry means that. You are wide open to make lots of friends because you're constantly serving people. Now, it's interesting. Mike talked about uh, the the reality that, that friends can say the hard things uh, to you. I, I think often often in ministry life, I often hear that you know, I've, this this person in my congregation, this friend that I've had, has said the hard thing to me, and I thought they were in my court. You know, it seems like everyone's against me, and I thought these guys were in my court. But Mike, you you've raised a reality of friendship is that. You know, friends are the ones who often say, you know, the hard things to you, and and you can trust that. Actually, that is a mark of true friendship. Yeah, there's that proverb which many of you be familiar with, the one that um, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs twenty seven six, exactly right. I think genuine friendship is because when it when all it is is we just hang out and have a good time, all you're doing is hanging out and having a good time. That's actually not, I think, biblical friendship. Uh, friendship often is about, there's a key part to it, which is influence, where you have influence over them and they have influence over you. You've got to really watch which way the influence goes because if you've got a very close friend whose influence over you isn't pro-Jesus, you know, that's that's a potentially dangerous friendship for you. But the friendship has a lot to do with influence and the influence that a friend can have who is willing to say the hard word, to say the wounding thing, I think in, in, there's been a number of people in my ministry life who are in our church family who have come to me and said, Pete, I think you failed in this area. Mm. And gee, it was, and I had failed in that area. 
and they were wounds that I needed to hear. Yeah. But it was a close friend who said that rather than just someone who's ever using flattery or just wanting to get close to you because you've got responsibility or authority or power. A true friend is someone who wants to use their influence to shape you to be more like Jesus and they say the hard thing and gee, I love them for it. Yeah. So, so I want to I want to get uh, a little bit vulnerable with you guys. So, so, so give me, <laughs> share, give us some stories or give us some examples where you know where that's been the you know the case. You just talked about a number of oh, times look, in ministry life where that's happened. That's right. I'll give you a, a good real example here where uh, uh, in my in my personality and my uh, skills and gifts and abilities, uh, certainly administration. I'm not absolutely dreadful at it, but not also brilliant at it. And I was just, as church grew and as the administrational responsibilities grew, uh, there were times there where my lack of skill and diligence in this area was actually not just something that was neutral, but was actually causing pain for various people. And so I had some good friends, their names were Peter and Nicole, and they, uh, they came and saw me about some of the difficulties that my lack of skill and ability in this area was raising. And they were true friends because not only did they come and alert me to the fact and the pain it was causing. But rather than just leave it there, that this is the mark and the depth of their friendship, is they, they came and saw a problem, but they then wanted to become part of the solution because they were friends who were looking to serve. And so they started volunteering more time to help me out in that area. So raised it and then part of a solution. Mm-hmm. And I also needed to pick up my game in that area too, but it was just a godsend that not only were they, well, they could feel the pain they were having, but Peter and Nick were aware that this could cause pain to other people. So we addressed it and I had wounds, but they were just wounds from friends which changed. Yeah, and sometimes it's not even, it's not uh, a friend who's uh, correcting you as great as that is. It's that they see that um, you, they, they want to help and refresh you and spend time with you. And sometimes it's just, hey, that, as your friend, we see that you're weary and tired and we would like to do this thing for you. We would like to hang out with you and spend time with you. And so having having um, a couple say we would we want to, we uh, are good friends and we want to go away with you uh, for the for the weekend was a really refreshing and encouraging thing. That thought and what was that for? What ministry were we going to do? How were we thinking about that? Which all us pastors will can't start to think of if it's someone in our church. What do they want? Yeah. Or how can we help them to get serving in church? And that, that wasn't it because they thought. You investing so much in church life, uh, it's it's great to actually spend some time refreshing, uh, and that's a really helpful um, dynamic of friendship as well. That actually picks up, I think, Mike, an important part about friendship, which is you need to be choosy. You definitely need to be choosy about your friends. It's a funny thing to say because sometimes, many times, friends is just how can I be choosy because it kind of just happens naturally. But the scriptures warn us about you know a righteous man is cautious in friendship. Proverbs twelve twenty six, that idea that. And in, I think particularly if you are serving at high levels of leadership in a church, there are some people who may want to be friends with you for all sorts of oh, inappropriate or even sinful motives, things like they just want to flatter someone, uh, they, they're interested in, in, in the extra bits of power and influence that they can have in various decisions. There are all sorts of inappropriate reasons. So the need as a pastor to be choosy about your friends particularly because it's, can be, it is a complex area in church life. Yeah, and, and when, when uh, you're thinking about choosing friends, it's not that you're saying, they're my friend and they're not. It's understanding that there's, there is layers to friendship. It's not, it's not a cold clinical thing. You have people in church that you're friends with and, and, and you say hello to and you're warm to and, and you have some kind of connection with, 
but you have others uh, potentially in church where you actually share a lot more about what's going on in your family life. You don't share everything about everything that's going on in your family life to every single person at church. Um, but on one level, we're all relationally deeply connected. Mm. And so understanding that and not and thinking what's actually helpful and what people can I trust and, and have that kind of wise choice is important. So how do you cultivate good, healthy, strong friendship? Oh, you've got to be deliberate, Scott. I've, I know I said it before, but gee, uh, if you're not... It, sometimes friendships and time in friendships are unequally shared where someone t- takes far more initiative. And you may well find if you're listening to this podcast and you're in in high-level ministry that you're initiating so many other things that in your friendships you do rely on other people to initiate for you. And that's lovely if they do. But if you don't t- in some ways make time for it and timetable it in and deliberately invest in those friendships, you will find them getting weaker and disappearing. So what, is, what does that look like? Yeah, for, for, for my wife, Sarah, and I, uh, if I we, we've got some friends from our, um, from our uh, days at Bible College. Uh, we deliberately have a holiday with them once a year. We've done that every year. Uh, although we're spread across the country now quite a bit, uh, Nelson Bay, typically in, uh, in, in June, July, you'll see us there for a week with those friends. But it's that, it's that investment over time that is, that is critical to keep. Because I think yeah. in, in ministry at this point, is, uh, it, it's just not ministry, it's just in life in general. Some of your friends will be proximity friends, which means you, they, are, they are friendly and you are close to them while you are, quite, while you are in the same region together or you're proximate to them. But you'll have other friends, which even if they're across the other side of the world, you are so close to them that even if you haven't seen them for five years and you picked up the phone and talked to them, it'd be like you just saw them yesterday. Those kind of friends you've got to invest in because you cannot replace those easily. And the proximity friends will come and go. And that's fine. And we all should, that's part of friendship. But those deeper lifelong friendships, you cannot replace them in time. And you need to continually invest in them and make time for that because yeah, you don't I'll, want to lose them. Just yesterday, I had a phone call from a friend, and he was a he was a really good friend in the first church I was at post college. And um, we're interstate; we don't see each other that often, but we had we had a, a, a deep, close connection, and our and our families got on really well. And he rang me to say he's coming to Adelaide. Can we catch up and have have lunch? And I thought I'm going to move everything around to do that, and it won't just be oh very superficial. We'll be able to just talk about how things are going and catch up and lament that we can't do it more. But it's a refreshing thing for me to do. And I think every pastor needs to consider what does that look like for them so that they can build up that bank of refreshment for those hard times in ministry and when uh, what's happening in church, you need those friends outside to, to help support you. Um, I think that that's an, sometimes a big blind spot for pastors is that we think we can just invest in our church that we... that um, that we don't need to have any other connections and, and deep friendships outside of church. Mm. Um, and having people, like you said, that you, you're deliberate about, uh, like you go away once a year. Our, our, our family has a, 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 another family in, Ad, in Adelaide where we used to go to church with them. But when, whenever there's a public holiday, if we can, we'll spend that day together in our families. And the last public holiday, it was the other family's kids who went, so when are the Samsas coming over? And, and they went, oh, right, let's, let's do that. And so it just the families cultivated it, and that's something that's refreshing for both. So first of all, you need to be intentional. That's how you can cultivate it. Um, you need to be deliberate about, second thing, being deliberate about friendships that you do have. Any other uh, pointers for those who yep. are... 
Busy uh, ministry? Absolutely. The, the, the cultivating at peace, I think it's important to uh, often do stuff shoulder to shoulder. It strikes me that when you read, if you just do a word search on friendship in the scriptures, there are quite a, I mean, obviously Proverbs is full of them, but there's quite a lot of friendship language in the Old Testament. And it's not like it's absent in the New Testament, um, uh, but it's not there as prominent. Whereas it feels like in the New Testament, there's more language around partnership than there is around friendship. Yeah, Paul Paul uses the language of fellow workers regularly. That's uh, right, Philippians. It, it's a key. It's a key part of his ministry to actually have others with him. He doesn't do it uh, solo. So, so that team aspect of ministry life. Absolutely. You can't you can't do it alone. Bring Absolutely. people along with you. Share the pain. That's right. That's right. And it does feel like the. Uh, when you are shoulder to shoulder in kingdom partnership with someone, that actually provides so much of the scaffolding for deep friendships to, to develop. Because then you're not just shoulder to shoulder on the football field or on the hockey field mm. trying to win, a, you know, to win a game and that's the goal and win a title. That's enjoyable and that will create a bond of closeness. But brothers and sisters shoulder to shoulder with the kingdom wheel, seeing people get converted, just brings an excitement and a joy seeing lives transformed in Christ, just just actually you are doing stuff together that matters for eternity and the bonds that that brings is, is very deep. So one of the questions that I'm sort of wrestling with is uh, what about having friends on your staff team? That, that, that can be great if there's a deep connection and that can go really well. I've had that ha- happen a, a few times and it's excellent. And, and I think fostering that well and also realising and setting up a... Uh, clear boundaries because if things go bad how are you going to deal with it and that can happen in ministry and it's not necessarily someone's uh, fault or it's both your fault and so how how are you going to deal with that conflict as deep friends is important and secondly you can't be deeply closely connected to everyone on your team at the same level so how are you going to make sure that you don't cause uh, uh, conflict or resentment or or these kind of unhelpful, you know, like high school cliques in your staff team. Mike, Derek's my favourite, so, you know, now's not the time to raise You're dead that. to me. All right, <laughs> what you're highlighting there, Mike, is just the reality that uh, it does need to be done. It can be done and work wonderfully well, but it does need an air of caution, doesn't that's it? That's right, that's right. Because what's at stake if it goes pear-shaped is not just a ministry team, but a lifelong friendship. Yeah. And so there are big things at stake. Uh, it can work wonderfully well, it will, it, but it's worth not being naive going, when you work together with a friend, if you employ a friend or you're employed by a friend in ministry, it will, have necess- it will change the nature of your relationship. And being aware of that before you go in uh, is, 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 is prudent. Okay, Mike, uh, I'll go to you first. What's the one thing you want to say about friends? That, that you need to see the value of healthy, good relationships in and outside of church. Pete? I think it's really critical to not hold grudges. Uh, It's too easy and you'll lose friends too quickly if something is difficult in a friendship and you just hold a grudge and it will destroy it. Well, let me open up the toolbox. Uh, Just one thing that I want to encourage uh, our listeners to be doing and to uh, uh, be working on, and that's uh, make the most of the network. Uh, as a network, we really value uh, deep friendships. We value the relationships that we share. Uh, it's one of the things I really value about the Reach Australia uh, network. So use our conferences, use our events to keep cultivating uh, those, those deep relationships. And so we've got that opportunity uh, coming up in a few months at the National Conference in May. 
uh, take take the time over lunches and dinners and breakfasts and car trips to keep cultivating uh, good, deep friendships. Well, thanks, uh, Pete and Mike, for joining us on The One Thing. Thanks, Scott. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.